Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we're going to be giving our reactions to Major 2 in what was a pretty insane Major. Uh, the winner, LA Gorillas. I don't know that anyone saw that coming. I don't know if there's a single person besides maybe their families that had them winning uh, the whole tournament in their pickums. So we're going to be talking about all the stuff from the Major reaction, uh, reactions to each team's placement, some of the Challengers stuff that went on. Uh, obviously, our first Challengers land in a few years since modern warfare happened so we'll be talking about that and kind of our outlook for the cdl as we get into our little mid-season break but before we get into that kyle how you doing today doing well uh you know we're here on a on a you know cold afternoon for me i don't know where you uh probably the same where you're at but uh <laughs> you know it's like we're we're already in april and it's still i'm looking out the window it's still snowing right now so uh disappointing to see the weather but uh you know we had a whole great weekend or you know kind of a wild week of uh you know the second major and stuff so i a lot of stuff to talk about i think so i'm ready to dive in yeah the weather's been horrible uh, i was telling you before we hopped on the podcast uh we got home at like 5 a.m last night because the weather was so bad at some point we had to pull over on the road on the way back to wisconsin because we couldn't even see two feet in front of us uh and as for the major, yeah, when we got to Sunday, honestly, my friends and I that were there, we were kind of like, this might be a disappointing Sunday because it kind of looked like that meme uh, of the dragons where there's like the two strong looking dragons and the stupid looking dragon, except all of them seemed like they were the stupid dragons and there was FaZe. Uh, seemed like FaZe was probably about to just run away with that. And we were like, eh, it's probably going to be like a battle of the other three teams to see who can go take second to FaZe. And LAG shut us up. They went out and they honestly steamrolled FaZe. They didn't just beat him in the finals. They steamrolled him. Um, but kind of along those same lines, uh, obviously you guys know I was at the major. I didn't tweet a lot during the weekend because honestly, I was just kind of like in the moment living, hanging out with my friends at the major there, uh, meeting a lot of people, talking to a lot of people. Uh, and it was a super fun time. The venue was sick. Uh, the challengers venue was really cool to be able to like, just go walk over a few feet outside, uh, when there was a break in the matches and go hear some people screaming at each other. Uh, so that was super fun. I honestly, I was pretty impressed. Like when I heard that it was going to a conference room, I was a little skeptical because I was like, I thought we kind of had advanced past those days. Uh, but they made the venue look sick. Uh, it was kind of in like almost a little bit of a smaller room. So when people got loud, it almost seemed extra loud because like the noise was just trapped in there. It had nowhere to go. Uh, it wasn't like it was like a big basketball arena, like some of the other events I've been to. So there's kind of a lot of room for noise to go. It was, it was a pretty packed in room. Uh, everybody was super loud. It was a really fun event. I mean, I think we can talk about this when we get to Minnesota potentially, but the fans for Minnesota uh, showed that, you know, maybe city-based franchising works because they were loud. That was louder than I ever heard uh, anybody cheer for Optic. Uh, but we can jump into major two storylines if you're ready. Yeah, if you're if you're giving your, uh, you know, boots on the ground analysis of the, uh, the major, yeah. I just wanted to hear yeah. a little bit about, you know, what it was like, but... Yeah. It was, yeah, it was a super fun major. Uh, I would say, like, in terms of the three events I've been to, it's it's up there competing with that Black Ops 4 Champs one uh, for potentially my favorite event just because of, uh, I think, when we look back at events, Black Ops 4 Champs will always be a historic one because it was Simp and Abizi's first title. And I think as we get along to the end of their career, we'll be talking about them in the GOAT discussion, most likely. Even a guy like Arcides, he's got two rings. We'll be talking about those guys potentially in the GOAT discussion later in their career. So that's one that'll probably be always looked back at as historic. Uh, especially because we had uh, Slasher, who also made her on this event, go from losers round one to grand finals in that event as well. So it's a pretty historic one. But 
this one, we might be looking back in 10 years and saying it was potentially the biggest upset ever. Because not only was LAG a team we didn't expect to potentially win, but they also had a substitute player in. So that even probably knocked them down the list more for people. Uh, starting with our storylines, though, we can talk about the grand finals. That's the big headliner of the tournament. FaZe versus LAG. Uh, finals that nobody expected. LAG make the wild losers run from losers round one all the way to champs. Uh, and the first thing on everybody's mind is kind of that debate between Spartan Gunless for the squad going forward. I kind of have my thoughts and I have an analogy uh, to a sports reference that I feel like it makes a lot of sense, but you can go first on this one. I'm going to guess that you're going to say that Gunless should just come back again. Um, but, you know, I'll wait to hear that. But I mean, there there definitely is a discussion to be yeah so that they won um you know any i think anything less than them hosting that rocker shield um you know uh i think that you would probably be leaning towards you know hey it was a it was a nice story but gunless you know you know inconvenient illness with the you know the the stomach ulcers and stuff you know mm-hmm. obviously probably couldn't was not in a fit state to play um but, you know, bring them back in. Uh, but, you know, I would say that, you know, <laughs> winning a major is winning a major. And, you know, it, it's hard to deny that Spart was just along for the ride. Like, he played a pretty pivotal role there. Um, you know, also kind of, like, introduced a new, like, meta question mark with the, the Volk. Um, yeah, I think it's G8 already. Oh, so it was fun while it lasted, <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I th- I would I mean I don't know what the I don't know if there's a right decision. I I think it I think it might come down to the the other three starters. Like it might come down to Slasher who can ace them. Um, uh, you know, whatever gives them the best chance going forward. I think that you would have to strongly consider that. Um, and then obviously you know taking into account like coaching and stuff. Um. Because there there are realities, you know. Obviously, Spart is probably on league min. Uh, Gunless is probably making more than league minimum, uh, so you kind of have to weigh that. Like, do you really want to bench somebody that's you know higher paid and stuff? Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I, I I just think that there's a there's a, there's a, there is a serious discussion to be had. Um, yeah, more than you would have thought coming into the weekend. Yeah, and uh, so I don't. I don't know. I'm interested to hear what you your thoughts, though. I mean, I would agree. Spart definitely had to make it a conversation because I don't know how you can't talk about it considering they win the event. He wins MVP. I don't know if I would have given him MVP, but I get the storyline. Like, the dude comes in. They couldn't really win ma- many matches. They finished top 12 at last major. He comes in. They win. He plays really well. Uh, so I get that storyline, but I compared it. I, the first thing I thought of right away was my Colts back in the day in Andrew Luck's rookie year, their head coach was Chuck Pagano and he got, he had cancer. I'm not sure what type of cancer. Um, and he was ruled out from coaching for that for the rest of the year in Andrew Luck's rookie season, 2012. Uh, the Colts were kind of struggling at the time that he left for his cancer treatment. And Bruce Arians, who was just the recent coach that won the Super Bowl for the Buccaneers came in and the Colts went on a pretty crazy run. They ended up making the playoffs with a rookie quarterback going like 10 and 6 or 11 and 5. Bruce Arians won coach of the year that year um, for his him stepping in. The Colts went like 9 and 3 with him. Like everybody was like, man, like this is like the coach going forward. Uh, but they let Chuck Pagano come back in because PR wise, it's pretty horrible look uh, to have somebody get cancer and then somebody comes in, does their job and does it maybe better than they were doing it. 
and you just kick him out because it's like, wow, this guy got cancer and then he lost his job because of it. Uh, it's kind of a horrible PR look. And obviously, uh, a little different situation because it's a different illness and stuff. We don't really want to compare health issues. Uh, but if they bench Gunless because he had a health issue, has to sit out, and then they do better without him. Not saying it's the uh, correct decision because maybe Spart does fit on this team better, but just PR-wise, it looks kind of bad if a guy has an illness and then he loses his spot because of it. So I'm not necessarily judging it based on gameplay. I just think from the optics of everything, it might look pretty bad. Uh, and I think it's pretty comparable to that situation with the Colts um, where it just it, it looks bad PR wise if you bench him. Now, if we're talking gameplay wise, I can see the argument, although I also think the Gorillas players and organization have kind of uh, an out if they want to because the Volk is getting GA'd. I don't think it's correct. I think that Spart is disgusting. Uh, and I think even if the Volk was GA, he would still be very good and be able to help this team win games. But I think they could maybe use that as an out saying, hey, the Volk's GA, you know, that was kind of his gun. We're going to come back to gunless. And like they have a couple different avenues they can take. I feel like they're going to end up going back to gunless, at least for a little bit. And then maybe if they play three or four qualifying matches and they're really struggling and they just don't look good, maybe then they bring back Spart. But I feel like they're just not going to allow gunless to lose his spot. Uh, because he had an illness or sickness, uh, just bad optics. Not saying I, I don't think he should potentially lose it, but he he just won't because of the optics of it. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I I I really like the the comparison and kind of bringing in like you know you wouldn't. It, it's kind of a lose lose situation because uh, or yeah. you know, a potential lose lose because you know you don't want just optics to be the the main focus of no. whether um whether you know something is you know whether a roster move happens or not um and honestly like you know you're gonna have bad optics either way if if they're like okay spart's gone people are gonna be like yo you just did our guy dirty or something like yeah he's won mvp for you I mean, won you an event he, he, i mean he got like the acclaim of the crowd chanting mvp i mean in my opinion it probably should have been asim uh just for like the entire tournament uh of play but um but yeah i mean at the same time, you know, you you really you can't fault Pierce for having, you know, an illness and literally having to to miss the tournament, uh, you know, over like you know losing blood out of his you know GI tract and stuff. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, and I mean, and who's to say that you know LAG won't get an offer to buy out Spart, you know, before the next qual round of qualifiers? So like, are they even going to have a chance to make? you know the decision of like you know you know bringing back gunless and then like oh let's pivot back to spart if gunless isn't the answer or we're just like we like what spart's bringing to the table more so um it might be something where they have to kind of you know choose now or you know forever hold your peace yeah and i i still like if i had to place money and i still would bet that gunless comes back uh especially because like even when they were like going to finals or like going to losers finals i don't remember what it was when they were interviewing slasher he just kept calling sparta fill-in a fill-in a fill-in and then they instantly they all talked about gunless uh and their post-game interview after the finals so it just seems like uh gunless is gonna come back and like you can debate that to the end of time if that's the right move call of duty wise uh i think a lot of people will probably say keeping sparta is the right move because i mean how often is the right move uh purely from an x's and o's standpoint to bench somebody after you win an event with them uh probably not the correct move but 
it'll be interesting to see how this works because I don't know that LAG will sell his contract off right away because I'm sure there'll be some offers. Uh, but I don't know if they'll sell it off right away because they might want to see how the team looks with Gunless back in. And we don't even know that Gunless is ready right now. Uh, it's not like he was just like planning to sit out for the major and then instantly come back. He might still be not feeling the best and he might be out for another few weeks. And then maybe they come back. Maybe they struggle with Spart. Uh, or maybe they keep frying and then it's more of a discussion. But like, I, th- I feel like a lot of people are like ready for them to make the decision like tomorrow. Uh, but we got to remember, there's a month till the next set of qualifying matches. Uh, Gunless hasn't like put a timetable on when he would like to return. We don't know if it's going to be for the first match uh, of the qualifiers. We don't know if he's planning to return for that Challengers uh, Pro-Am LAN. So I feel like we got to give it a little bit of time. Uh, because it's a really unique situation. Uh, it's not like he just subbed in for a player that was healthy just because they wanted to see what the team looked like. Completely different situation. Um, but I think we can move on to your next little segment you want to talk about here. Putting yeah, some respect uh, on your guy Asim's name. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, take it from the top where uh, you know the final kill comes through on that Berlin S&D and Asim hops up on his chair. Yeah, uh, we were the, right front and center there, and we were going crazy. Yeah, the, uh, the pyrotechnics and smoke and stuff are going off. It was just, you know, it was kind of surreal. Um, I mean, this guy has been, uh, you know, he was on the original Rocker roster uh, for Modern, Modern Warfare. Uh, then, you know, that squad kind of got scrapped at the end um, and went over to Subliners. Uh, you know, it was clear that he was kind of on the come up there. Um, when subliners had their uh i think in major three they made it to the grand finals in cold war and you know he was playing pretty well alongside clay and hydra and uh did they have diamond con then was that diamond con or when they made finals uh because diamond con got subbed out didn't he i i forget who their fourth was i'm bl- mentally blanking I'm, i apologize uh but yeah, yeah i can't and, remember and and then you know he he kind of he makes this LAG squad um that's you know everybody kind of has a chip on their shoulder he's been dropped twice um in the last two titles and stuff so um and you know he Asim was just coming through with you know just clutch plays on the map uh you know he kind of has the the route man moniker um he's willing to do whatever it takes for the, the squad to succeed and uh he's turning into a better presence of a slayer on the map too like he's picking up like two and three pieces when you know he needs to like it felt like every time there was a uh you know a hill rotation or something he was on the flank or he was doing something uh picking up two kills uh you know going untraded uh he's a lot of times we'd see asim just kind of like you know he's super fast he'd fly in and just like you know maybe get one kill and then just die instantly but he was playing his life a lot better and still, you know, playing with the team and stuff. So I, I thought that he, you know, you know, if it came down to like a caster and you know personality vote, that Asim might have been more deserving of MVP. But I, I honestly think that everybody, you know, you could have made a strong case for all four of those players to get the individual MVP. Yeah, and finals MVP is probably Hook. Uh, he was absolutely piecing in the finals. It seemed like every big situation, uh, he was the one coming through. If you were doing strictly finals MVP, it's probably slasher or hook they were definitely the two players making all the plays in the finals it seemed like in the search and destroy slasher couldn't do anything but get a first blood like every round 
uh, in most of the search and destroy slashers, just picking up first bloods after first blood, uh, especially in that desert siege. Spart was as well. Uh, yeah, overall, the team looks crazy. Asim obviously deserves a lot of respect. I've always been a guy that's thought Asim is super good. His role on this team before this event seemed kind of weird because he was more of like the roaming slayer, which we're not used to seeing Asim play. He's always been more of that entry guy kind of going in first. Uh, I think he got a little eager to win the finals at some point, like on that Tuscan control. I think he was just a little eager to get the series over with and get his first win because he had 40 deaths uh, in that control. He was just holding forward and almost like not even shooting back at points. I think he went like 29 and 40 in that control. Like he was just holding forward. He got a little eager, but he played super well. Um, Hook showed up for the grand finals. He was absolutely piecing. I think what Hook had in the grand finals, uh, I believe he had like a one point. 2-4, yeah, 1.24. Um, Slasher, the 1.17. Those two really showed up in the big moment, like the vets. Uh, we'd expect them to show up. But Asim was unreal the whole tournament, um, making vet plays, hyping his team up. I thought one of the funniest moments uh, was, I think it was in the Boston series and losers finals. It could have been in finals. I can't remember. Uh, but Slasher made a big play, got like a uh, 1v2 clutch in a search and destroy, and Asim started patting him on the back, like hyping him up. And anybody that knows Slasher knows he's a pretty serious player. Uh, he's like known for not smiling in game. Like he's always like business, business, business until they win. Then he'll give a little celebration or something. But even uh, when they win, like losers finals, he doesn't really celebrate or anything. Uh, and he was like shook. Asim patted him on the back to like hype him up. And he like looked over. He like didn't know how to react. Uh, they're such an odd pairing of teammates because Asim is so emotions on his sleeve and uh, like getting hyped all the time. And like he stood up in the middle of the search and destroy and was screaming at Boston in that losers final. Uh, and then Slash is just always so calm, cool, collected, doesn't really show any emotion. Even when they won the tournament, all he really did was like put his hands up, like give his teammates a hug. Like he wasn't like super uh, hyped about it. So they're a weird mash of teammates, but they work really well together. Um, you kind of talked about your guy Asim and put some respect on his name. I'll let you go first on Slasher because uh, Slasher's my guy and I wanted some respect on his name. I've been saying it for weeks. Yeah. I mean, I had that tweet uh, where I said Slasher's been playing better because remember there was that few weeks when Slasher was playing really horrible uh, and people were calling for him to get dropped and I was like, calm down. Like Slasher's an extremely good player. He'll turn it around. He'll be just fine. Uh, his teams typically tend to start a little slower. He'll be just fine. Uh, and then some guy commented, he's like, he just played Paris. Like who cares that he did better? Uh, and when they made grand finals, I went back to look at that tweet. The guy deleted his tweet. Uh, so shout out to that guy. That was pretty funny. I thought that he was talking all this about Slasher. And then the second he made the grand finals, I looked and he had his tweet deleted. Uh, so I thought that was funny. But what do you think about Slasher's event? Yeah, so I, I kind of made a little comment here that, you know, I, I started watching, uh, you know, live time competitive COD in Modern, Modern Warfare. And, you know, Slasher was on that... Uh, Los Angeles optic or whatever the hell, uh, yeah. O Ogla or whatever the hell they were mm -hmm. called. Um, and, uh, you know, up until now, I haven't seen slasher play that good in the CDL. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, Oh, back to like the black ops four days or even earlier than that, you know, slasher back then was, you know, a force to be reckoned with, but, you know, kind of felt like, you know, the last two years have been a little iffy for, you know, Oh, you know, kind of maybe the, the uh the aging star moniker or something you know like where it's like oh yeah he used to be good but you know now he's just kind of a uh, you know he's just kind of there because of his name and stuff but you know i he was you know he was on it this weekend that's all that's the, i don't know i don't know i mean I, I i know you have a you have a you know soft spot in your heart for him but uh 
you know, he he was good. Yeah, he was fantastic. I mean, he's a leader of the team. He was uh I said to my friend after Cap shot his body, loses the finals round one, I said, Well, GG, LAG is going to the finals, and we all wanted LAG in the finals because we all kind of thought Boston was gonna get smoked five oh five one by phase in the finals. Uh so we were all rooting for LAG to make that finals. Because we thought, you know, with the momentum they had, they might make it more interesting. Uh clearly that was the case, but yeah, Cap shot his body in that round one, and I was like, Like it's never good. Um, I've always felt like he doesn't get the respect he deserves because, like, yeah, the last couple of years of the CDL, his teams have struggled a little bit. Uh, I don't know that he was in the best situations uh, because, like, with OGLA, you know, the whole Dashie and Tej situation where they didn't want to be there and, like, the team chemistry was just horrible. Last year with LA Thieves, it's like they couldn't get a roster together. Slasher gets randomly benched uh, in the middle of the year. Finally, this year, he has a little bit more of a steady team, and then all of a sudden, Gunless is sick and can't play, so like it seems like everything was stacked against him, but he was able to get it done in this event. Uh, we always see Slasher show up in the big moments. I, I think it's odd that he has a little bit less respect. Like People always talk about Formal and Clay uh, and even Krim for the times he's been a main AR as like some of the goats, but uh, it's time to start putting Slasher up there. I mean, he's got a champs ring uh, where he was absolutely dominant. He got costed in IW for another champs ring. Uh, in the finals, he was like piecing. Like people always talk about formals 1.4. I'm pretty sure Slasher had a 1.3 or 1.4 at that event too. He just didn't have Scump Karma and Krim backing him up. Uh, he had an event where Jcap really struggled uh, to back him up. And then you've got uh, the next finals, or not the next finals, I guess two finals later in BO4, where he goes from losers round one all the way to the finals of champs and loses to the United team. That was just a buzzsaw that year. Uh, so he's been to three champs finals got close to winning two of them kind of got costed at one of them uh and now he's the only player to do it twice where he goes from losers round one to winning a finals only player to do it twice in cod history uh he deserves some respect not saying he's the goat ar by any means but he deserves some respect to actually be up there uh in the conversation because i mean he's won a lot of events now he's had some of the craziest runs uh he's just a reaper through that losers bracket he said he's the king of the losers bracket he might be right um I was really hyped to see his performance. Uh, I think a lot of people were too. It seemed like a lot of the older pros were like, I can't believe people doubted this guy. I mean, we had a guy sitting behind us saying after what series was that? Uh, when LAG got down in one of the series earlier in the day, I think it was against Boston. Maybe it was against Florida. Uh, somebody was like, Slasher is so bad because he went like a negative five and a hard point. I was like, God, my God, people must just turn their brains off when they watch the game. Uh Okay, sorry about that. Looks like we had a little bit of uh, a drop in our connection while we were recording here, but I was just talking about Slasher. Uh, he needs some respect on his name. He's now part of a lot of the greatest losers bracket runs of all time. Um, definitely the best we've seen him play in the CDL era. Uh, wasn't peak Slasher. We've seen him play better than this, which is kind of scary that maybe he has another form he could unlock, uh, but definitely the best we've seen him play in the CDL era. But I think we're ready to to move on and talk about phase a little bit. Uh, falling just short they fall just short back-to-back times uh kind of got beat up a little bit in the finals in both majors too they lose 5-2 in both of them uh this one some maps looked really dominant some of the maps were very close uh they even dominated the map one they they took it to gorillas on that kavutu map one but phase falling just short again what do you think about that yeah i mean you can't really fault them uh for their you know entire tournament uh i mean you know they 
like and through their qualification matches and stuff too it's like they they play who they play they 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 always seed out well um and then you know they they find themselves there on sunday and i i feel like everybody was just expecting like a 5-0 or a 5-1 like everybody was like oh gorillas have no map pool phase are just gonna run you know circles around these guys um i mean when after phase one that uh that breach match and rcs is like yeah like we we pulled their pants over their heads or whatever it's like oh my gosh like you know they're just kind of you know maybe they turned back and they're just on one now but then they get to the grand finals and like you know map one just go it goes their way it was almost a hundred point club on gavutu i think um and you know, it 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 looked like we might be in for a quick a quick series, but I I wasn't expecting it to go the other way. Uh, and then you know, as LAG started rattling off maps, it started getting a little bit started getting more and more dominant. Like LAG took that Desert Siege S and D like six two or yeah, something. Yeah, that wasn't even close. Yeah, that was and and people were like, oh man, Phase, you know, Desert Siege, good luck. Like Phase are just gonna take this, you know, no questions or whatever. But, um. It just seems like they're lacking some Sunday ice or something, or a grand finals ice. I don't really know what to, to say yeah. about that. Also, like, this feels weird, and, like, I, I don't know. There's a lot of phase haters out there because, I mean, they've been so good for so long that people, like, whenever we see, like, a small crack in the armor, people just love to just hate on them. Uh, but, like, Sip and Abizi, they just, like, this whole weekend weren't, normal Simpin Abizi in the finals. Abizi has a point seven six. He just looked like he couldn't get comfortable on the map. Uh Simp with a point nine four. I believe I have the the stats like the just like the basic stats up here for the tournament. I think they're fully updated and it says Simp had a point nine three. I want to know when the last time over an entire event Simp had a negative KD. Uh maybe the first time in his career. Uh it looks like Abizi on the event was at a one point oh five, which definitely isn't bad by any means, but in that finals he struggled uh a ton. Just looked like he wasn't comfortable. Uh, on the weekend, RCs was pretty good with a 1.15, and we know Celia 1.36. Uh, really, from just sitting there in person watching all these matches in like great detail, uh, because I was really trying to learn some stuff about the game while watching too. Celium is unkillable. That guy is unreal. Uh, I think he's the best player on their team. He's just absolutely unbelievable. I don't even have words to describe uh how good Celium actually was, but yeah, like that was my major takeaway is like. Simp and Abizi just like didn't look as comfortable as normal. Like, granted, they still had like pretty good overall uh, weekends. Like, they weren't terrible by any means. Like, considering we see Simp had around a point nine five, and we're like, this was a terrible weekend for him. That just shows how consistent he's been. Like, this is the worst we've seen him play, and he was still around a one. Uh, but that was like my main takeaway from Phase was like the tiny terrors just weren't as dominant as normal, which is just so weird to see because we never see them struggle. Yes, yeah, so it's it's kind of unfamiliar territory. Um, yeah, and I don't want to overreact to it because I feel like they'll right. be right back next uh, major and potentially in grand finals again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, for me, it's more just like their their lack of finishing ability. Uh, you know, they they seem to get to the they they get to Sunday no problem. Like they obviously they're in in uh they come from winners finals. You know, they're like. You know, you so you know they don't put a foot wrong all weekend, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know they find themselves down on you know dropping you know maps two, three, four, five, you know, just seemingly out of nowhere. Uh, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't look at that like if you were to replay that grand final like ten times. I'm not sure if you get the same result. You know, phase might show up on 
another yeah. day, but like, yeah, uh, Abizi really stunned me. Like, it, se- it seemed like he was, you know, like, especially like the search and destroy, like, either he's blooding or he gets blooded and yeah, just becomes a non factor. Um, so I don't know whether it's they need to, you know, go back and rework some strategies or like figure out how to. You know, I I know it sounds kind of corny, but you know, play more as a team. I'm not exactly sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I was more watching the match. I wasn't like I wasn't just staring at the mini map the entire time. Uh, but yeah, it seemed a little bit off. And for the second straight major, you know, they kind of find themselves getting bodied in the grand final. Yeah, it, it's just it's odd. Uh, I don't really know what else I can say about it because like. I don't think it's like a major issue that they're just like not going to have ice. Cause I heard like a lot of people in the venue, cause people were against phase in the venue. Uh, they were saying that they were nervous and stuff. I'm like, I mean, these guys, uh, most of them on the team, three of them have two rings. They've won COD champs finals. I don't think they're nervous about a major two final. Uh, I don't think the pressure is getting to them. Uh, but it was, it was wild to see kind of lacking ice right now. Maybe uh, I feel like they're going to turn it around. I also think maybe, uh, and this is just complete speculation, but I think maybe, they came into Sunday with like a little bit less intensity than they normally would on a championship Sunday. Cause I mean, they've been to so many of them at this point. I saw what that simp and Abizi in their career now have been to like 21 tournaments or something, uh, or phase has been to like 21 tournaments since the CDL formed. And they've been in the finals in like 16 of 21, which is just absurd. Uh, they almost never miss the finals. Granted, like they may have lost plenty of those finals, like in the home series and stuff, but like, the fact that they're in 16 of 21 finals is just stupid. Uh, but I think maybe the intensity wasn't there because like last major, obviously they also lose five, two, but it was to optic who everybody's saying, you know, at the time is the best team in the game. Uh, and you, we know, we know face had that intensity in that game because they always want to beat optic. But I'm thinking maybe they, they got to Sunday. They saw Florida, Boston and LAG with a substitute and, you know, they've dominated Boston. So they're like, you know, that's an easy win. Uh, and then they're like between Florida, Boston, and LAG, they're all going to battle it out and we're just going to handle whoever. Maybe the intensity wasn't there. I doubt it because those guys are great competitors. So uh, they probably found a way to bring that intensity. But maybe in the back of their mind or something, they were kind of thinking like, well, you know, Optic isn't here. London was supposed to be the third team. They're not here. Uh, like what's going on? And maybe the intensity wasn't there, but I'm not really sure. Uh, I'm kind of ready to move on to our other teams and talk about yeah. them a little bit, though. So first one, Optic. Uh, everybody was expecting them to either win this major or obviously come out, be around that top three at a minimum because of how great they had looked. They were uh, on pace. They needed two more wins at this major. They needed to beat Surge and then likely phase is how it was looking to set the CDL record uh, for most matches one in a row. Like they were one of the hottest teams we had seen in the CDL era. And they get 3 0 by Surge. They fall to losers right away. Uh, they gain a little momentum, you know, beating Minnesota, beating Thieves. Uh, and then honestly, when I looked at their bracket, I saw that they played uh, Florida and then most likely uh, LAG, then potentially like Boston. I was like, you know, phase uh, optic might be possible again. Like optic might be able to make this run. They didn't have like a crazy bracket on the way there. Uh, but then they fall to Florida. Dave Patty going crazy. Dave Patty uh, went crazy. Uh, he played really well the whole weekend, but optic follow top six. Uh you have any thoughts on this, or you think this is a product of uh, Vanguard uh, being just an interesting game? 
Uh, is this a product of potentially, you know, the CDL just being extremely competitive because we saw a lot of our other teams like Ravens, who we thought were uh, potentially top three fallout early and just kind of a, a weird weekend of results. Yeah, I'm, I mean, obviously, I, I think this is due to, you know, one team being on and one team maybe not, you know, coming out of the gates swinging. And, uh, you know, Optic seemed like they were struggling to get into the flow of the matches early. Like they, they kept, you know, you know, where you think they would, you know, excel, uh, you know, coming out and just stomping an opening hard point going up 1-0. Instead, they, you know, even to Thieves, they come out and drop the first two maps. Um, you know, they're down 0-2, and then obviously they reverse sweep Thieves and stuff. But uh, I don't know, just thinking uh, a little bit ahead, like, you know, I I think it was more due to uh you know the competitiveness of the cdl and just having um you know a lot of other good teams and you know anybody can beat anybody on a given Mm -hmm. day like uh i think that's more true when you have a game like a vanguard where you know sometimes the game can goof you i don't want to say that's the only reason optic lost no it absolutely Um, wasn't yeah but uh you know maybe it it plays into other teams hands or you know it can easily play into your hands as well um that's just kind of the the nature of the beast yeah i thought the most interesting part about it was uh like on deserto's channel they were doing like like football or basketball style post-game interviews so if you guys can check those out i'd recommend checking them out they were like three minute videos uh of them interviewing like two players in a team like literally like you would see in a post-game press conference for football or basketball or they're asking them questions some of them are really funny they ask funny questions draza was hilarious in his talking about uh the blackjack table uh, which ran my pockets this weekend. Uh, actually, the slot machines ran my pockets. I did pretty well on blackjack. Uh, but I saw uh, Arcides say something in one of those interviews, like, you know, they were talking about how FaZe, uh, it seems like they're great friends out of game. The reporter was saying, he's like, yeah, we're great friends out of game. We like to spend a lot of time together. We live in Atlanta uh, in the same area together. So um, we're good friends outside of game. But we've learned that with this game, specifically when he was referencing Vanguard, uh, maybe it's, best to give each other some space outside of game not be better uh not be together all the time because the game's very frustrating at times so like sometimes they can kind of get frustrated with each other and then they don't want to carry that uh, outside of practice and get frustrated and just like have the relationship suffer uh and i think that's something interesting uh that we could look at for optic i feel like this is just a situation where they just need to reset because uh they had that spawn p1 of gavutu and it was about 240 to 240 where shotzi's like kind of like back red tower um by p3 and then scump is like middle tank and then there's i think it was scump middle tank somebody was middle tank and then there was two people in p1 so all the players turn their arrows to look towards uh p4 where you would expect them to spawn in any normal call of duty and they spawn on the other side shoot optic in the back break the hill uh make the play scump almost made an insane play like crawling around the edge uh to pop that two piece and potentially get them back in the game but florida clutch up uh and that spawn is super frustrating but um Definitely didn't just happen only to Optic. We saw it happen uh, in that Florida LAG match, I believe it was, where Skies spawned in the middle of two people, like randomly at the end of that game on the P1 on Berlin. Uh, and it was happening all weekend, just like really random spawns where people would spawn right in front of you. Uh, we saw Donnie Temp in his match literally staring uh, at back P3, back docks on Berlin. He was staring at it, watching people spawn. Like they were literally spawning into his red dot. Uh, I learned that spot. I'm going to be using that in ranked. Uh, but yeah, Optic finished top six. Uh, I think it's a situation where, you know, Florida was hot. It was just an awkward match. I think Optic was caught off guard. Unfortunate map one. Uh, I think maybe that spiraled a little bit into 
uh, the map too. They get down 2-0. And then, you know what? Sometimes, even if you're the better team, because I still think Optic's a better team than Florida, but sometimes when you're down 2-0, uh, it's just tough to dig yourself out of that hole. Uh, like, it's not like Florida is some slouch team. Like, if they have three chances to win one map against Optic to knock them out, like, they're going to be able to do it because Florida is not some terrible team that just doesn't deserve to be on the stage with Optic. They're a solid team with a lot of talent. Uh, so I'm, I'm ready to move on from Optic, but it's like, you know, they fall at top six, expecting them to be uh, right on back towards the top. Tough to say who the best team in the game is right now, though, because we see Optic fall at top six and FaZe struggle so much in the finals. So uh, kind of weird that there's no like clear-cut best team in the game. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of chalk any kind of power rankings you have, uh, just given, you know, the amount of, uh, obviously substitutes and like the wacky results and you know how much you value LAN over online. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, early, like in in that, uh, I think it was the Thieves match where I was like, you know, look, I I, I think I like tweeted you. I was like looking like my my Shotzi MVP pick is pretty solid because he was like, I just remember that Tuscan. Uh, yeah, he was, just, he was he was just like everywhere and nowhere at the same time. It's like he'd shoot two guys and then disappear. You know, they couldn't trade him out and then he'd pop up again. And, you know, it always seemed like Optic, like they could have honestly been playing 3v4 because, like, they always had one more guy that needed to be traded. And, like, Thieves just couldn't keep track of, like, you know, who they needed to find. Um, That Thief series was one of the most dominant 3 twos I've ever seen. Optic dominated that series and they almost should have lost it. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know, so I think they're still really. There's a lot of positives to take away for Optic. Um, you know, obviously they they looked at times like they were gonna find themselves back in the grand final, and then you know other times they just got caught out. So I think uh, you know, obviously we're not sounding any alarm bells for Optic. I think we can you know kind of wrap them up and ship them off to uh, the midseason break. Um, but yeah, I also think like their loss to Surge looks not nearly as bad after we see Surge the rest of the weekend. Surge were in form. Uh, yeah, Surge looked really good. I and mean, we... Mac was frying. Even after he threw up, he was frying in that match against FaZe. Like, I think Surge looked a lot better, and we can talk about them in a bit, but I, I feel like the optic loss to Surge, obviously you don't want to lose 3-0, but with how good Surge actually did look, uh, I think it's a little bit less concerning that they lost to them because like coming into the major, Surge looked pretty bad. So them losing... Uh, optic losing to them was like, ooh, that's that's a pretty bad blemish. But now when we see how good uh, Surge looked, it's like, okay, you know, maybe it's a little more realistic. You still would expect Optic to be able to beat them, but Surge did look a lot better. Uh, your next team, though, that we got got to talk about, your boys, Minnesota Rocker, finished top 12 at their home major. Um, kind of unfortunate for them. Granted, Seattle looked really good, so I don't know that they would have beat Seattle if they dropped to the loser's bracket, but... They definitely weren't expecting to play what we coined as the best team in the game coming in uh, and losers round one. They had to play optic. Uh, my main takeaway from rocker though, is that crowd uh, being in the middle of that. That is the loudest crowd I've heard at a COD events in the three I've been at. And it wasn't for optic and people were booing optic like crazy. Uh, I don't think it's really ever happened where optic gets booed like that. Uh, and a team has so much more cheers against them. And that was loud. I felt like I was at an NBA basketball game, like in the playoffs last year for the bucks, it was so loud in there. Uh, like they were going crazy, chanting all kinds of things for their boys. Like I think like the CDL, the biggest winner from the rocker uh, this weekend, wasn't even like the rocker or anybody. It wasn't optic beating them. It was the CDL because they've been talking about how the, uh, to sell expansion. They want to show these events. I feel like the CDL is just drooling that they can now show that like 
one of their teams that didn't have any history in Call of Duty in uh, Minnesota, of all places, uh, not like a major area, not like a New York City or an L.A. or anything, has this big of a fan base that like will go crazy for their team against the team that's the most popular that normally has all the fans. Like They were clearly outnumbered. Uh, I feel like the CDL is drooling over the fact that they can use this as a promo video for new franchises to potentially get in and show how you can grow a home base. So uh, we talk about how great the Rocker organization is all the time, but uh, I just want to give them a shout out because that was insane. The fans there were going nuts for the Rocker. And there were so many people that like I heard talking and like they weren't huge Call of Duty fans. You know, they casually played. They didn't really play competitive, but like they were supporting because they were Minnesota team. So Rocker are doing it right. Shout out to them. Uh, they're growing uh, organic fan base based on their location, which is something people were skeptical of coming into the CDL and rocker showing that, you know, it might not be easy, but it's certainly possible. So um, that was my main takeaway. Uh, not really the team, but how amazing the fans were for their home team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think you and I can both say with, you know, some degree of confidence that, you know, the, uh, the Midwest great lakes region, we're no slouches to being, you know, uh, you know, Loyal fan, to the like, yeah, to be, to, you know, having a lot of, uh, you know, we'll show up and support, you know, our professional organizations, um, you know, even though we're not like the m- most major metropolis areas, I mean, say for Chicago. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll we'll show up and uh, support our our guys and our, our guys and girls and stuff. So um, I, I think, you know, maybe a lot of smaller metropolitan areas like might look into getting into uh the cdl or you know at least getting into esports i guess maybe Give me a milwaukee uh, team yeah or i mean you know just like you know it doesn't necessarily have to be like a new york <laughs> or an la or a boston or something you know like m- millions and millions of people like you can have like these you know quote-unquote smaller areas i mean i know minneapolis st paul is like you know a pretty large area yeah. in itself but like you know, it's not on the tip of your tongue when you think about like, you know, major sports cities or whatever, or major yeah. metropolitan areas. I mean, they have snow on the ground for like eight months out of the year or something. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, I think maybe touch briefly on Rockers performance. I mean, not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, they dropped the opening hard point as expected uh, pretty handily on Gavutu. Then they uh, predictably win uh, the desert siege s and d um and then you know they lose in game four uh drop a round five in the control on tuscan i thought maybe on tuscan they could uh claw it back um but you know ultimately they they get dispatched by optic uh they didn't get dominated by any means um at least from like a, a statistical standpoint uh you know nobody really had a a, a glaringly bad series but you know the rocker are kind of who we thought they were. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Not a whole lot. I, I mean, I'm sure in our mid season podcasts and stuff, we can dive into more of like what we should do about them or, you know, if they should do mm-hmm. anything or, you know, what their problems are. But I, I think they're playing right to where we think they are right now. So uh, I don't think they really merit much more discussion, uh, but interested to hear if you have anything else to say. Yeah, I'd agree. They did exactly what we expect them to do. They're playing a team that was better than them in Optic. Uh, and we know that Rockers' formula for success right now with how bad they've been in Hardpoint is to try to win through 2-3-5. They won the search. Uh, they were competitive in that control, and they lost both Hardpoints. Kind of like like 
if you were to tell me how an optic versus rocker series based on their current form would go, it's exactly how you'd expect it to go. Optic win the hard points pretty handily, uh, lose the search, rocker take them in that, and then the control is somewhat competitive and optic takes it. Like that's exactly how you'd expect that series to go. So it wasn't anything crazy. Um, I think it's interesting for the rocker, and like you said, we'll talk about this more in midseason with if they should make changes. I guess like everybody's been saying, Standy's their franchise player; they're not moving him. Same with Attach. Uh, and Major Maniac's been pretty pretty unbelievable in clutch situations, and a lot of people like don't think they should move him. A lot of people have been calling for Priesta. I think it's interesting now with a situation with LAG Spart slash Gunless. One of them can't start, uh, so maybe they look to Gunless or Spart. Uh, to replace as the flex for Priesta because it seems like that's where everybody's going. I don't know what the right decision with this team is because once again, these are four amazing players that just aren't working. So it's just odd. And now uh, there's a lot of teams in that situation. Uh, we'll we'll talk about the few as we get to them. But like we see surge, like everybody was calling for a roster change or like maybe a change needed to happen with them. And I strongly believe there's a decent chance they would have been uh, in the finals if Mac doesn't get sick because they were looking pretty unbelievable. I, I don't know that LAG makes the finals if Mac uh, is healthy because they went to a map five with Nikki D classic uh, who was just like coming out of, he was literally in the casino. He might've been a few drinks in uh, when he came into that series, like not kidding. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but rocker. Yeah, exactly what we expect in a series against optic. I'll be interested to see where they go. Spark gunless might be on their mind. Uh, if they're looking to get rid of Priesta, which is what most people are talking about, but uh, kind of super unfortunate for them uh, as a team that they have to play Optic, but kind of a W for their organization this weekend because they weren't really expected to do much, but they showed how crazy their fan base is. And I feel like people with uh, watching Optic there, they probably want to, uh, or not watching Optic, excuse me, watching Minnesota. Like this is a place where players might want to play coming into the future uh if they make roster changes because of that's the first time we've ever seen a crowd get uh behind the other team and against optic like people probably saw that and they're like wow like this crowd was nuts uh, and they were supporting their old player asim the whole weekend once minnesota was eliminated like crowd was nuts so shout out to rocker it's about all i've got for them i think we can move on to boston all right boston i don't know they i guess technically have a pretty good weekend finishing top three, making it to winner's finals. I kind of have more thoughts on this team, but I kind of want to hear your thoughts on Boston first. Yeah, I mean, you know, they you can't fault a team for beating who's in front of them. No, uh, you can't. And winners round one, they 3-0 LAG. Uh, so, you know, of the eventual champions they dispatched of and sent them down to their immaculate losers run. Um, so maybe Boston is the real hero of the... Uh, <laughs> of the major um but yeah i mean i i definitely think you can take some positives away but you can also be realistic at the same time and say you know like well they haven't really played the best teams on land they haven't beat the best teams so um but you know i i I don't think i'm calling for them to be like a consensus top three team but i think a a top half team is definitely a fair assessment uh even though given the the massive you know upsets we had this weekend with optic getting out in top six and stuff but like i i think that they've they've shown enough upside through the first half of the season to uh to at least have a little bit more respect and you know whether they continue to grow and uh, be competitive with the teams in the second half. I guess we'll have to see come 
May. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that they, I mean, by all accounts, they, you know, quote unquote, impressed me this, this weekend. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I know you kind of have a slightly different narrative. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like saying Boston. I still think, like you said, they're a top half of the league team. They're a good team. They'll be in playoffs. Uh, they have the potential to pull upsets. But like when I look at their team, Methods had a 1.6 this event. Second, he had a 1.61. The second best KD was selling with a 1.36. Like he was far and away uh, the best player on their team this weekend. And the rest of the players, honestly, like didn't show up that great. I mean, the next best KD on their team is Cap with a 0.91, then Nero with a 0.9, and TJ with a 0.85. Uh, I was talking to my friends going into that Sunday, and I was like, I really don't want Boston in this finals because they're going to get 5-0. Uh, and they showed that when they got smoked by FaZe. Uh, like, they, I don't know. Like, I think they're a good team that can beat other teams that are at their level because they're so fundamentally sound. I think Cap and Nero have high ceilings, but they also have low floors at times. Uh, they have some really bad games, but they're also extremely talented. I think Boston is a great search and destroy team. But like when you look at their run, they beat Gorillas with a sub, which I know Gorillas won the event, but this was the first match they played. So I feel like Gorillas weren't really into their rhythm. They were kind of like feeling things out. Uh, then they beat Mutineers 3-2, uh, go get dominated by FaZe, and then get 3-2'd by Gorillas. Uh, so like, yes, they were very close to the grand finals, but like, granted, they beat Gorillas in their first match with Spart, and then they beat Mutineers, who have been not that impressive this year. Uh, then they lose to FaZe and lose to Gorillas again. So they won two matches this event. Uh, and like, they weren't like crazy impressive matches. Now, I know you can make the argument, hey, we said FaZe, we're not that worried about them because, uh, their phase, but they only won two matches this weekend as well. But that's different because I mean, phase have a lot better baseline. Um, but I don't know. I'm just like with this Boston team, I feel confident in them in search. But like their next best KD was a point nine three, and Zinni dropped a one point six. Like I, I just feel like I didn't want them in the finals because like when I looked at LAG and I see Asim and uh, Hook and Slasher and Spart, I feel like those guys are, are people that if they're hot. I feel like they could slay with uh, FaZe. They're probably going to get outslayed, but I feel like they could kind of hang with them. Like we've seen who can ace him and Slasher uh, be at the peak of the game at times. Uh, and even when you look over at the Florida boys, they were frying. Dave Patty had a 1.34 on the event. Uh, and overall, those players like Skies was frying this event. Uh, and like I just felt like Boston just doesn't have the slaying ceiling to compete with these top teams right now. And maybe that'll pick up because like I said, I think Nero and Cap have a high ceiling. They're just way too inconsistent for me right now. So, like, Boston finished top three. I'm not ready to call them a top three team. Uh, I'm I'm good with, like, the top six narrative. They're a top half of the league team. They're a playoff team. Uh, we're going to find them around probably on a lot of Sundays. They might get a couple more top fours. Uh, I just I just feel like uh, the inconsistency of Cap and Nero on this team, even TJ. I mean, TJ was .85. He was uh, very close to being the lowest KD at this event. So, I don't know. Boston, they are impressive to get a top three finish. Like you can't fault them for beating who's in front of them, like you said, but I'm not sold that there's some top three team because of this finish. Fair. That's fair. I, I think that accurately summarizes our thoughts. Yeah. Um we can move on, but I, I'm excited to see what they can do going forward because like I said, Cap and Nero, especially in Search and Destroy, are extremely talented and uh Boston could have that Minnesota recipe for success. I could see them winning a lot of series through two, three, five if they can uh, 
keep improving their control because their control was abysmal before this event, but actually looked pretty decent at this event. So if they can continue to improve that control and they've actually been a pretty good hard point team, like I see the path for them to continue getting top four. I just don't know that when they face the optic in the phase uh, that they can slay with them, which is why I'm scared. But uh, overall, a team that's going to consistently be top six, top four, I think Uh, not saying that they're terrible by any means. All right. Mutineers make a surprising run to Sunday. Bow out top four. Um, I'll just go ahead and say it. Dave Patty got costed uh, against LAG. Florida should have won that series against LAG. Uh, Dave Patty was deadlifting his team in that map five. Uh, he got costed. He was like 0.1 seconds away from clutching a 1v4. Uh, if he hops off the bomb in that 1v1 uh, versus, I believe it was Asim, uh, he probably wins that. Uh, 5-4 round, and once again, LAG's eliminated. So many moments where LAG could have potentially been eliminated, but they clutched up. Uh, but Florida, uh, pretty impressive overall compared to what we've seen. Dave Patty showed that he has superstar potential. Uh, what are your thoughts on Florida? I mean, this is a this is such a... You know, it fits right in with their narrative. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know that's like a really popular phrase nowadays of like the narrative, but it's like, you know, who is this team? Like, obviously, like they they, they show up this major and like really impress us uh they get to sunday they look at times untouchable um you know dave is dave like seemingly comes out of nowhere like you know not a whole lot of people like came into the weekend talking about florida um but then they're they're right there um yeah and i I don't know i mean skies looked good at times that optic series he was unreal yeah i mean I, I just think that, you know, they I don't know what to make of them. It's such a it's just it's such a uh, confusing thing for me, like uh, to look at them and be like, you know, what do I expect them to do on a given day? Uh, like I could see them next major, you know, finishing top 12 or something or or easily just as easily being there on Sunday and playing for a top three finish or something. So I, I don't know. Uh, you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean. I feel like they like, yes, the top four is kind of shocking. Then beating optic is kind of shocking, but I feel like the way that they did it was exactly how we'd expect them to do it. Just raw talent, heavy slaying. Uh, I will say the upsides I see with them are they should have won that series against LAG. Uh, Cause Dave Patty was going crazy. I mean, what did he finish with uh, in that series uh, against LAG in that map five. Uh, they lose around 11. Dave Patty goes 13 and four. Uh, has like a 1v2 clutch. Should have clutched a 1v4. If he had 0.1 more seconds, he would have clutched a 1v4. Um, Hook gets 11 deaths in that uh, map five. Like Florida should have won this series. Uh, it's also the most Florida series of all time when you look at the stats, uh, the overall statistics. Sky's 1.18, Awakening 1.19, Dave Patty 1.3, Vivid 0.8. On the side of Gorillas, Slasher and Hook were in the 0.8 territory. Sparts at a 0.9, and Asim's their best KD with a 1.03. So they get heavily outslayed uh, and still win. Uh, that's just classic Florida. Uh, completely outslay the team you're playing and uh, still manage to lose. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like there was a lot of positives to take away. I, I've been a pretty negative person on Florida all year, but uh, as opposed to where maybe I'm pumping the brakes on Boston, we did see Florida beat some uh actual better teams uh obviously they they take out royal ravens 3-0 who we were calling the third best team in the game uh they're competitive against boston they take out optic uh and then they're very competitive against gorillas finishing top four i feel like what i liked to see out of them was 
we knew they couldn't win a series that didn't include Bocage going into the event. Uh, but in this in this tournament, they were very good on Gavutu hardpoint. Like on the more structured maps, they seemed to be looking a lot better. Skies was frying. Uh, and my big takeaway was I don't think Big Wake uh, played at his best at all at this event. I mean, coming to the event, he had like a 1.22, 1.24 KD. And at the event, he drops a 1.06 and honestly didn't look super comfortable at times. He had a 0.6 in Search and Destroy. Uh, I feel like Wake has more to unlock. Uh, I think Dave Patty was playing at an MVP level. And I think Skies at times was at an MVP level. I also think Vivid kind of struggled. He dropped exactly a one, uh, but kind of struggled in hardpoint. I feel like Vivid and uh, Big Wake have another level they could hit. So I, I could see this team maybe even getting a little better, but I could also see them going back to their inconsistent ways and dropping out. So I still think Florida's kind of in the same spot where they're inconsistent, but I feel like uh, if Dave Patty and Skies can keep up this level of play uh, and Big Wake can get back to what he normally is, I, I don't know. I have some confidence in this Florida team to potentially be a, a constant six through eight seed at the majors that has a chance uh, to make some runs and make some noise. Uh, they're they're going to continue to be that random dark horse team, in my opinion. All right. You want to move on to, to Royal Ravens? Disappointing weekend for them. Mm-hmm. All right. So Royal Ravens lose to the team we were just talking about. Florida in the first round kind of unexpectedly. They go down, they take care of Legion, uh, and then they lose to the eventual champions, Gorillas 3-0, bow out, uh, top eight. Interesting weekend for them. I know Zero says uh, right after that he was feeling terrible. He ended up testing positive for COVID. Uh, so unfortunate situation for him. Uh, didn't seem to affect him much on the stage, though, because Zero played uh, incredible. Uh, he What did he finish with on the weekend? He finished, uh, where is it? Overall, he finished with a 0.96, but he had a 2.07 in Search and Destroy. Like He was carrying them in Search and Destroy, um, but kind of a disappointing weekend from them. Uh, we expected them to potentially make a run, especially when we looked at their bracket that they had, because uh, their half of the bracket included Mutineers, Breach, and Gorillas. Uh, and obviously, people weren't high on Gorillas coming to the event. Uh, Breach, you know, they're, they're a beatable team. Same with Mutineers. Uh, I think everybody expected Royal Ravens to make a run to Winner's Finals. Uh which would have guaranteed them top three, obviously. Doesn't happen. Um, quite the interesting weekend, I think. Uh, you have here that it was disappointing uh, for the second straight LAN. Uh, I don't really think that's the case. I feel like at Major 1, finishing top three, if we're going to say it was somewhat impressive for Boston, we've got to say it's somewhat impressive for Ravens uh, to finish top three. But yeah, they definitely disappointed at this LAN. That's for sure. Um, I still think they'll be able to bounce back. Uh, and continue to be a top six team, like I said with Boston. They'll continue to be a top six team. Do think Royal Ravens ceiling is higher than Boston? Uh, I still feel like I would favor them in most series uh, against any team that isn't like an optic or a phase. But disappointing weekend for them for sure, uh, especially because with the bracket they had, we were all expecting them to easily be able to make a run to winners finals. Yeah, well, I don't know. It was more just like a shoot moment for me. Uh, maybe that's why, like. I kind of come in with like the oh I'm disappointed narrative uh or storyline here um but yeah I mean especially once we saw the tournament unfolding and stuff it's like man if 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 uh Ravens were just on this weekend they could have they could have I mean I don't want to say easily have been there but like you know you could have made a case that if Ravens had you know you know quote unquote shown up and you know played their you know close to their best potential, you know, they could have been there in either winners or losers finals or whatever. Um, but yeah, just, uh, gotta, you know, dust the, you know, brush yourself off and 
pick yourself up and get on to the next one, I guess. Um, don't dwell too much on the past. Obviously, we, we know yeah. this team is really capable of, uh, you know, being there on a given day. Um, I don't I don't really have a whole lot else to say. Just kind of like, man, I thought they they could have uh, they could have been there. I, I did. I think I did have them in our in our uh, predictions. I did have uh, breach beating them, uh, but it didn't mm. even didn't even get to that, I guess. No. So, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, I th- I think that you know this team still you know like you said has clear top six potential. Um, yeah, and just kind of had an off weekend. Uh, but you know, I I think they'll be you know just as hungry, and I I think you know zero mm-hmm. really pl- kind of turning a new leaf here in the last month or two uh, has really been big for them. Uh, and then. You know, we all know that the the other three guys, uh, Zero, Nasty, and Gizmo are, or uh, sorry, Afro, Nasty, and Gizmo are just, you know, you know, they're they have breakout potential in any map, any given map. Always. Too, so yeah. So yeah, I mean, this team has a they have a really high upside, uh, and you know, I I think if you know if if LAG can make a run to uh to win a major, I think any other team and you know Ravens should always think that they can can be there too so yeah uh, i'm looking forward to seeing you know what their second half will look like yeah i mean i'm i'm feeling really good about my bowl prediction to start the year of four different teams winning the four majors uh with lag pulling one out now all we have to have is just phase and somebody else win uh yeah who, who would have thought that uh you know phase you know potentially winning major three or four would have uh been just their first yeah you know? especially since they made both finals um but my general thoughts on Ravens, too, is it's kind of like the optic situation. Uh, I still think they're a very good team. I still think they're clear top six. Um, I think what we saw this weekend is maybe more of their floor. Uh, like, I don't really see them ever getting like, I, first of all, I don't really think that they'll probably ever start in losers unless they get like an absolutely brutal uh, set of qualifying matches and just happen to lose a couple close ones or something. But I, th- I think their floor is uh, top eight. I think they're a playoff team. I think they're, uh, I, I think. Really like this weekend, like zero nasty Gizmo, uh, especially Gizmo. Since he had that hot start in the first set of qualifying matches, I feel like he hasn't played as well. Uh, I don't know what did Gizmo have on the weekend, uh, KD wise. He was uh, at a point nine three, like, and he was at like almost a one point three in the first set of qualifiers. Like nasty was at a point nine four, Afro was at a point nine five. They're actually all back to back to back right here, and zero was at a point nine six. So we go nine three nine four nine five nine six. Uh, team got outslayed this weekend. Uh, I feel like the three guys that we know have the superstar potential on that team, um, the three young guns, just didn't really have this weekend. I don't know. Just an off weekend for them. I feel like they're going to bounce back just fine. Uh, not really worried about them. I, I think you'd have to see a lot more to hit a panic button on this team because they've proven time and time again through the beginning of the year that they're they're a, a good team. Uh, I still think like if I'm seeing them play anybody but Optic or Phase, I'm most likely picking them to win. Uh, maybe with a little bit more hesitation now, but uh, they're still a good team in my eyes. I'm not ready to to worry about them at all. All right, Surge, make a little mini resurgence here, finish top six. I'll still say it. Uh, I think Surge were going to the finals if Mac doesn't get sick. Uh, I think they might have taken out uh, Gorillas in that series. It goes to a map five with Nikki D in, who, like I said, might have been off the casino. He might have been at a blackjack table when they called him in because he had lost uh, his challengers he got knocked out of the challengers event like a couple hours before. Uh, so he literally might've been at a blackjack table, having some drinks before this, who knows they might've had to go find him in the casino. 
uh, which I also have a hilarious story uh, about the casino. So remind me after you go on surge uh, with TJ, I have a hilarious story of TJ in the casino. Um, that is just like so on brand with what people think about TJ. It was hilarious. Uh, but um, with surge, they finished top six. I feel like they were frying this weekend. I was actually really impressed. Uh, I've been calling Mac their best player uh, all season since like Sib and Pred started to have their struggles after the first couple matches. I've been calling Mac their best player. In my opinion, he solidified the fact that he is by far their best player right now. Uh, accuracy was ninja diffusing, clutching random clutches like he always does. Uh, Pred was very, very good at times. He had a 1.15. Uh, Sib was amazing this weekend. He was back to that classic Sib form that we had seen. Um, he had uh, a 1.17. Uh, mostly because he was frying so much in control. Pred with a 1.15, but Pred got to hit the brakes sometime. Uh, when they lost to LAG, I believe that was, they were in a 2v3, him and accuracy. They had control to be bomb. Like it was a winnable round. Uh, and he just sprints at gate, jumps up and gets picked. Uh, there was a lot of times like that. Uh, there was a, a Berlin heart point where he was on a six streak, one off a glide bomb. Uh, it was a big glide bomb to get. Uh, there was like 10 seconds left on P2. All he had to do was just go play a credit corner outside, kill a rotator, get your glide bomb, play your streak, and then you get it. And he just goes and chows old time and jumps in, flies in uh, for no reason. Uh, there's no reason to do it and dies. Uh, like hit the brakes a little bit. I think that's just maybe a, a young player thing for Pred. Uh, he's just so into the game, so into the game that he's just flying, flying, flying and not thinking about uh, some of the consequences of those actions. But overall, I was super impressed uh, with, Seattle and Mac in general, the guy had a 1.35 in hard point. I mean, he was frying. He fried phase uh, on bow cage. Um, but yeah, I feel like Surge showed me again that they have that potential. But once again, won't be shocked if they come out and just lose four matches in a row because that's the way they go. Uh, but I really like Surge. Uh, they showed why this roster probably just needs to stick it out this whole year and hope they can hit their ceiling. Yeah, I think uh, I, I, I guess maybe I wasn't following the uh, you know, m- I, I guess maybe in, in terms of like who was going to make it to the finals, I wasn't like, oh man, like Surge are, are really looking good or something. But uh, yeah, it, it sucks that Mac had the uh, the like health, like kind of minor health incident, I guess. Uh, like all of a sudden the map dropped and it, it was kind of like, oh man, what happened? Uh, and then find out that he was, he got sick. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you look at the, I mean, he was just, absolutely a menace in hard point this weekend uh he led uh the entire league in hard point damage per 10 with uh 3700 almost mm-hmm. 3800 uh his kills per 10 was the highest i believe uh in hard point uh just absolutely otherworldly um and i don't know i mean yeah, when when you talk about like the rest of the team, obviously like they were just so on brand for what we expect out of them. Like you had Sib kind of, you know, he turned up and played really well. You had uh Pred who was just kind of like, you know, like you said he was uh you know, maybe a little bit uh too amateurish. Too at times. Yeah, I guess just kind of learning to pump the brakes and uh you know, think more big picture and then accuracy, just doing accuracy things, hopping on bombs with like three players still up or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, they definitely, ha- you know, they had their quote unquote resurgence, I guess. Um, 
and you know they they place decently well top six i think is pretty really respectable for this team given that they've they've shown a lot of peaks and valleys um you know hoping that they can kind of even out so we can get a better read on you know if this team is you know really legit or whatever but i i think that all the pieces are there it's just they uh they're still a work in progress so um for sure i think they're they're, building to try to make a champs run yeah, exactly. And I think they're going to be really exciting to watch in the second half um, just to see if, you know, they can iron out some of those, uh, you know, some of their greenness and, uh, you know, maybe make some more some more runs here. For sure. Um, before we move on to Thieves, I got to tell this. Speaking of Thieves, I got to tell this TJ story uh, before I forget in the casino. Um one of the first nights we were there, me and a couple of my buddies, we hit a blackjack table. We actually were kind of chilling, playing uh, at one of the blackjack tables with the Thieves boys. Uh, Octane wasn't there until the end, but it was like Kenny, Envoy, J-Cap, uh, and then Draza was there for a little bit. We were like playing blackjack. One of my friends was at the table. We were chilling there, which is really cool for me because you guys all know uh, that Kenny is like my favorite player in the league. So that was kind of cool for me, just getting to talk to those guys a little bit. Uh, hang out in the casino. It was kind of weird, like in the casino all night, you'd like randomly bump into pros because they were all walking around. Uh, but this TJ story was hilarious. We were at one of the slot machines and this casino was kind of confusing. It was like my first time really in it. Uh, and it's like kind of confusing. It's pretty like narrow at a lot of the areas. So it's kind of hard to see where you're going and kind of hard to get back to the hotel lobby. And we were at a slot machine. We say we see TJ like walk by us and he goes, how do I get out of here? Like, you know, the classic T just kind of like known for just like being like, the brainiac in game that everybody just makes fun of him out of game. Cause he's just like a hilarious dude. Uh, and he's like, how do I get out of here? He like, couldn't figure out, couldn't figure out how to get out of the casino. Uh, and like 10 minutes later, he walks back by the same slot machine. He's like, dude, I can't make it out of here. Uh, and he like goes up to one of the blackjack tables and asks the dealer, like, how do I get back to the hotel? And I thought it was just hilarious. Cause like TJ literally was lost. And then he posted like some meme about like me going to the casino again. And it was like a dude walking around lost. Like, I just thought that was hilarious because TJ literally was like, I don't know if he's going to make it on time for his match uh, because the guy couldn't make it back to the hotel. Uh, So I thought that was absolutely hilarious. But that was one of the coolest parts about the event, by the way, was the fact that you just go down to the casino and you could just hop on a blackjack table uh, with some of the pros. Granted, uh, I wanted to hop on the table with Doug, but he was at like a hundred dollar minimum hand table. So I wasn't doing that. Uh, But it was kind of cool how you could just sit on a slot machine sitting down next to like, uh, uh one of the slot machines at some point we sat down we were right next to selling they were playing uh it's just kind of cool just talking to random pros as you're walking around uh random coaches random talent uh but i thought that tj story was hilarious but we can move on to thieves uh they about won losers round two actually looked like they were going to beat optic for a second there they're up 2-0 uh optic comes through the reverse sweep but uh I don't know. I feel like thieves once again, kind of flashed their potential. They actually started to pick it up in search and destroy a little bit and like started to finally look like somewhat of a competent team in that mode. Uh, still weren't like great by any means, but like they actually like showed some form of promise that they could maybe win a search or two. Uh, obviously bow out to optic top eight. I was, like I said, somewhat impressed. Uh, I feel like this team just solidified the fact that they're not going to make a roster change in my opinion. Uh, I don't know if I feel like they should or shouldn't, but I feel like they solidified that they're not going to because uh, they had flashes. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, maybe I was maybe I was a little bit too hot takey in our DMs. I was like, oh man, like <laughs> nobody but Envoy is safe, and then you know, kind of cooler heads prevail. And I'm like, yeah, well, this team, you know, they still have so much 
like unrecognized potential and it's just like i think that they they saw what they could get to or the potential that they had in major one and then it just kind of all like you know whatever for whatever reason they just hit a a major snag this uh in this major and major two and stuff like they they were obviously zero and five in their quality matches like just like they couldn't find a they couldn't buy a win um but yeah i mean they you're right they did show flashes they they had they showed that they have some upside i guess uh you know even though you know at times you could say that certain people were just like you know if there was going to be a roster change you're like oh yeah that's going to be the guy or you know you could say like you know draws has got to go or octane you know move Kenny to Maine and Octane will to, you know, and Octane is benched or whatever. But I th- I think that they should give it another go. Um, you know, they, they've bought themselves, I guess. I mean, they didn't do themselves any favors this major by uh, going 0-5, but like they still have some capital to play with, with uh, CDL points and, you know, qualifying for champs and stuff. Um and I, I'm pretty confident that they can get back to, uh, you know, being a, a, a solid top six team and, uh, you know, on their day, maybe making a, a making a big run. So, uh, you know, an, another team that, you know, I think a lot of people will be looking at for, uh, you know, the second half of the season. Yeah, and I feel like I have a little bit of an interesting take on this, uh, and I want people to listen carefully when I say this. Uh because it's not my opinion, but I think what the facts of the situation are, and I know you'll I feel like you'll probably agree with this. I think that the least safe person on Thieves, because uh, I think roster change is still on their radar. Like I, I think they're going to stick with this team, at least for the beginning of Major 3, especially because of the names that are on it. Uh, like On paper, this is like a top three team. Uh, we'd expect them to be right up there with Face and Optic because of the names on paper, um, but obviously it hasn't worked out that way. And I think the least safe person on this team is Draza, uh, not because of my own opinion. Uh, it probably should be Octane at this point because of how poor he's played. Um, but I'm saying what I think the reality of the situation is, is I think Draza is probably still um, the least safe because if you look at the history of this organization, uh, Octane was like their poster child in Black Ops 4. He was their MVP multiple times. Uh, they finally got him back. I feel like they're not just going to cut ties with him uh, halfway into one season with him. So I feel like he's kind of safe. Uh, not saying I think he should be, but I think he is pretty safe. Kenny, they've already said multiple times, they paid him this offseason. Uh, he was potentially maybe going to go to Optic. Uh, they paid him because they view him as their franchise player long-term. They want to build around him like an Optic does with Scump. Uh, so I think unless Kenny literally is dropping point twos, he's pretty safe. Uh, and then Envoy has really been their best player this year, and he's kind of another guy that, like, with branding, you can kind of build around. And we know Nate Shot, that's going to be important to him. Uh, like Hex, that's going to be important to have those guys like Kenny uh and envoy with the personality and envoy has been their best player uh and now draza also has that personality you can build around him personality wise but he's the least known player of the three like octane has a history with the organization they've already announced basically that kenny's their franchise player and envoy has been their best player this year uh and he's also like another franchise building block in terms of personality and gameplay uh so draza's kind of the odd guy out because he doesn't have that history i'm not saying it's fair or that he should be but i feel like he would probably end up drawing the short straw if they were to make a change uh I feel like you might agree with that. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you've hit all my points pretty well. Um which makes me more firmly in the camp that I don't want them to make a change because I yeah. I really I really stand for Draza. Um and 
you know, he he's become, you know, obviously he's really proving that he does have a personality. Obviously, like, you know, uh, it seems like he gets along really well with the rest of the team. The team likes him. Um, and he's proven that he belongs in the league, uh, you know, even after people were like, oh, he was just brought in with that Ogla squad and Modern Warfare. And, you know, then he got kind of shuffled around in Cold War. But I think he's really kind of like, you know, picking himself up by the bootstraps and making a name for mm-hmm. himself. Um, he's a great yeah, player. I, yeah, you, you hit all the you hit all the points that I would have made for, uh, you know, making the case. So, um, yeah uh keep the squad together and uh yeah. just fig- figure the shit out i mean like he's a great player but there's some situations where it's bigger than just x's and o's in the map it's like it's like optic with scump and formal like formal was struggling last year but like you knew they weren't gonna drop him because he's safe on the team it's just like at some points people develop such a brand and uh, affinity with the team that they're just not gonna get dropped like even if scump was dropping point sixes the reality of the situation is scump is not getting dropped uh because of his history now granted nobody on this thieves team has that like scump level of not being able to get dropped because of the brand and everything but like these guys are established with 100 thieves and uh draza might just be unlucky if they end up making a chance but i agree with you i don't want to see them uh make a change or anything because i still feel like that potential is there and like i feel like if this team is uh to switch their roster it has to be a clear cut upgrade like 100 you know uh, this is going to work because the players in this team are so good that like, even if they're not able to do it next year, I could see, or this year, I, I'm sorry. Um, I could see this team easily just like going into a new year and be the best team in the game with the talent level. Uh, if it's a game that suits them more. So like, yeah, just pump the brakes a little bit. They'll be fine. Um, I've been saying that the whole time that they were on five, I was still picking them in some matches. Cause I was just like, I'm not that worried. This team has crazy talent. Um, getting to our last two teams though, uh, before we probably get pretty close to wrapping up the pod, uh ultra struggles continue top 12 finish um just a really horrible overall stage two for ultra opposite of last year's stage two where they obviously win it all um but man they just can't seem to find their footing uh this stage two it was always a struggle like one player was getting covid the next player was getting covid somebody was sick uh they were losing tight matches like just an overall like i feel bad for the ultra boys because i feel like this uh had to just be a super frustrating uh just entire stage for them uh bant with a 0.86 at the event kleenex 0.92 uh cami 0.86 uh and then insight i'm assuming is somewhere up here yeah with exactly a 1.0 uh just overall they got uh beat down a little bit in their one series obviously it's only one series so that's a little different they lose to gorillas uh which looked a little bit worse at the time because you know it was like wow they lost to a substitute player and then obviously gorillas go on to win the entire event so maybe it doesn't look as bad but man ultra still can't win a hard point uh i just uh, like this team makes me sad i'll be honest because i know how good they can be uh but like man uh they just they just look uh hopeless and hard point and uh i'm starting to lose faith that they can turn around but at the same time like i'm not going to be shocked if they come out and go four and one the next qualifiers and make it run to top three like we know what this team's capable of it's just they're in a tough spot right now yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that, you know, maybe given like their history of like teamwork and stuff and, you know, just having, uh, you know, just kind of that mentality around their team, uh, maybe you just like write off the entire stage as, uh, you know, just kind of like, you know, nothing was going our way. We'll just, you know, we'll figure it out. 
uh, during the midseason break and then kind of come back for the second half and, uh, you know, kind of forget that stage two ever happened. Um, but at the same time, you know, that's stuff that they got to decide to do on the, you know, inside the ropes, so to speak, you know, like it's stuff that we're not going to be, you know, uh, privy to as, you know, fans and stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to overlook how, you know, how poor they played, uh, just in as a whole, um, just looks like they couldn't figure it out. Uh, mainly at hard point. they're still great in search. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and maybe the hardpoint struggles started last major too, like when when they made it yeah. to Sunday without having, or they made it to yeah Sunday. Saturday. Oh Sunday, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they finished fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they finished D four without winning a single hardpoint. So maybe we should have been like a little bit more alarmed then. But I think people were just more like laughing at that yeah. time. Um, but yeah, I think uh, that assessment is fair. That um, you know maybe there's a more deep seated issue with how they're playing the game or something, but they need to figure that out. And uh, my vote would be just to kind of write it off as being like a lost, a lost, a lost stage. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just come back for stage three and uh, hopefully having righted the ship to some degree. Yeah. I mean, it's brutal for them. Uh, I think that like, like you said, I think when we talked about them, post major one it was like hey you know this could go one of two ways either it was just a bad weekend of hard point and they might come out and fry and be one of the best teams because they'll turn their hard point around they're already so good at control and search finishing top four without winning a hard point or the struggles are going to continue and they're not going to be able to keep up this dominance in two three five uh and then the latter happened uh the hard point struggles continue they're still good in search and control but they weren't able to just win every single one because you can't really expect them uh to continue to win every series without being able to win uh, map one or four. Uh, something else that makes this more interesting, in my opinion, is Ultra Academy. Uh, people, I think we have to mention Challengers players getting called up because, uh, well, hello, one just got called up for this event and won MVP uh, and won the event on short notice. Uh, An Ultra Academy NA team finishes first at the Challengers land. Their EU team finishes third at the Challengers land. They both qualify. Uh, so they have no shortage of potential players that they could call up uh, because their actual sub, Hixie, wins the uh, Challengers event. And we've already seen him sub in for one match uh, when Cami was sick earlier in the year. So they've got Hixie, Vickle, Mohawk, Scrappy, Harry, Vortex, Beans, and Furious, all who finished uh, either T1 or T3 at the Challengers land. So that makes the situation a lot more interesting. The fact that they pretty much have eight players on deck uh, that they technically could like pick up and sub in. Obviously, the only one they could sub in instantly is Hixie, because uh, I don't know how the contracts work. I think, I guess, technically, since they're Ultra Academy, they probably have the first uh, the rights to them and stuff. But I don't know if they're all signed to official CDL contracts besides Hixie. Um, but like, I don't know. It makes the situation a lot more interesting. I, I would like to see them stick it out for like a little bit, like you said too. But it'll be interesting to see if they make a change pretty quick if the struggles continue because they have eight players on deck ready to go that just proved uh, on land that they're at the top of the game of challengers. Yeah. Kind of shades of modern warfare where they have a 10 <laughs> man roster and we're just kind of playing musical slots at that. Um, yeah. And then eventually found a team that worked for them. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. It should be like you said, I mean, something to keep your eye on. Um, but I think both of us are kind of in the camp to at least, see if they can fix the issues that are currently at hand. And then if not, you know, 
like you like we said they have a a lot of people they could turn to and uh kind of plug and shrug yeah all right our last team from the major uh we've been going for a while but we always do that for our, our post major reactions uh because it's fun to talk about all these teams uh last team though legion finished top 12 uh like our other few teams we just talked about uh once again disappointing weekend for them uh, i actually thought once london falls down uh they may have a decent chance to maybe make a little bit of a run uh because london looked so bad that i was like oh, maybe this is just one of those weekends for london where they just struggle uh and legion are able to make a little bit of a run uh I thought, I mean, by a little bit of a run, I made maybe winning a match, maybe two at the most. Uh, I also thought that they were going to play Mutineers, and I didn't have a lot of confidence in Mutineers coming into this event. So I actually thought Legion were potentially going to beat Mutineers. And then uh, maybe Gorillas with the sub would be a win uh, that they could do. Once again, obviously, that didn't age well. But uh, the story for Paris was relatively the same. I mean, it was Donnie Temp looking like an MVP once again. Uh, he drops what uh, in that series a 1.25 uh also jimbo jimbo came out of nowhere he actually played pretty well overall he fried in the control had a 1.08 uh john went big time i believe in that search and destroy um and overall paris actually didn't look too bad uh really it was jimbo stepping up uh that made them look a lot more competitive in this one but they lose it 3-1 um kind of the same story for paris as it's been all year like i said donnie temp frying rest of the team uh only showing flashes and not being consistent enough. Yeah, I I think that, you know, like I I think my thing was like they just kind of dead ended into 12th, like, you know, kind of nowhere to go, starting in losers. Um I don't know. Uh I guess maybe there's a longer discussion to be had about like, you know, even if another roster change would help them, like because obviously, like we we see these players kind of individually step up at different times. They outslayed um, London, it, by the way. It's just the matter of like putting it together. Yeah, they did. Um, <laughs> uh, and Gravity didn't look too bad either. No, he played um, pretty well. Yeah, and I guess you know, I think it's it comes down to more of like you know if if coaching analyzes it and says like, hey, like you know this play X player or whatever is not doing it the right way or how we want it to like maybe you try and fix it that way or you go and say that we need to pick up another player i don't know what the answer is uh for this team and uh it just seems kind of like they're they're always going to be fighting an uphill battle um especially with not qualifying well uh so yeah and like it's also tough because like we could easily say like hey maybe this player needs to go on paris this player needs to go but like you have to look at context like yes technically maybe like they could replace jimbo or john or something and i know in the past i've said replace jimbo but like their alternatives probably aren't that much better because we know like there are potentially better players out there but is paris going to spend on those players probably not uh and like that that's the thing with like when i'm looking at this series too like this was uh tight maps like they lose 250 to 198 in the map one uh, and they the slaying was pretty much even. They actually might have outslayed him slightly. It was like right around even. Uh, then the search and destroy. John gets ten kills. Uh, they lose six four tight map. Uh, they win the control and then they lose two fifty to two forty eight on Tuscan. Another really tight map. Uh, like this was a very winnable series. Like they could have won. Uh, really two three four. They could have won all of them. Uh, they were all tight maps. It's like they're right on the edge there. 
And like they're so competitive in every series they play that it's hard to imagine them making a roster change. Cause on a normal team, you'd be like, yeah, time for a roster change. But with Paris, like they're just going to pick up some another random challengers player that might not even be a top player because he's willing to take a minimum salary. Like mm-hmm. it's hard to say that they should make a roster change because of that. Like I still do feel like this team is very close to being a team that could compete for that top eight and make a run at like getting to champs. Uh, and I think you'd probably agree with that because of how good Temp has looked and how steady Gravity's looked as a main AR. Like, if they made the right roster changes uh, and actually were willing to pay to pick up players, like this team would have potential to to fight for that eighth spot. Uh, because right now they're putting up a decent argument to being competitive. Like every series they play is a, a map five. They get reverse swept or they play four maps, but they're all really close maps. Like this series was uh, against you know London may have struggled, but London's a good team. Uh, and like Paris played them very tight. It's like if they would just make the correct roster changes and like do the correct thing, I feel like they could fight for that eight spot. But we just know they're not willing to. So uh, at this point, I'm almost like just stick it out with this roster and uh, see what happens because it it doesn't make uh, sense to make another change and just pick up some random like middle of the pack challengers player uh, because like what does that really do for you? If, if you're going to make a move, you got to pick a top end player up and they're not going to do that. So at this point I'm like, you know what? You've been super competitive, stick it out with this roster and maybe see if, uh, if you can find a way to potentially go like two and three in the qualifiers and get an eight seed and get winners. Like, uh, some of these teams have been doing cause two and three, uh, is almost good enough to get you into winners. Uh, like every time it seems like, uh, so I don't know, I guess, stick it out with this team but it's it's making me very sad to continually see donnie temp put up mvp caliber performances and just get costed uh and not win any series and it's got to be frustrating for him like the guy is literally putting up mvp numbers uh he's one of the top kds in the league and absolutely just frying and it's like well another heartbreaking loss another heartbreaking loss so uh the fact that he hasn't like completely lost full uh yet this year is props to him because you know donnie of old would have already been checked out and started playing worse so shout out to donnie uh I hope, if nothing else, for this Paris Legion team, his performances this year land him on a better team next year, uh, and he rejuvenates his spot in the CDL because I think we've all seen through his personality he's a great personality. Um, so I'm proud of his progression as a player, uh, and I'm also proud of Jimbo because I was talking down on his name, everybody's talking down on his name, and he played pretty well. Uh, so shout out to Jimbo for that as well. Yeah, I mean, what's the potential that we're in the in the uh, the liberate Donnie Temp? field where it's like or in that camp where maybe a team and you know with paris they might do it oh my god we can get some money (laughs) yeah well i mean yeah you slightly overpay what his contract is worth or something or his buyout clause and uh obviously that donnie temp has shown that he's a you know he's an a-tier player in vanguard um you know maybe even s-tier if you take out the paris legion aspect of it maybe he Mm -hmm. can be doing even better um but maybe one of these like mid-tier teams is desperate for, you know, what he can bring to their team, and I don't know, just something to think about. Yeah, uh, I agree. I and you know, normally you'd be like, nah, this team is going to keep Donnie and build around for next year. But with with Paris, uh, you never know. They might see the opportunity to make some money off a contract, and they might just sell out because they seem very money conscious at all times. Uh, but we can move on from. Uh, our reaction to the, the pro teams and maybe do a little bit of a quick challengers reaction before we wrap up. Yeah. All right. So uh, I actually watched more challenges this weekend than I have in a long time because, you know, uh, the one match I wasn't in the venue. I mean, I was in the venue, but not in the actual like main stage for uh, was the subliners thieves. 
which is disappointing because that match ended up being pretty incredible. Uh, I caught the end of the map four in the actual main stage and I caught the entire map five. But like the first few maps, I was like, you know what? I thought these are honestly going to get smoked because I was pretty high on subliners coming to this event. Uh, and that series ended up being great. But I was uh, I sent you a picture. I was in the, the challenges room directly behind Doug's monitor uh, watching him get knocked out top 48 uh unfortunately but i was like screw it doug's playing and he was playing against uh some players you know Goderex and pander um to is that, is, that, is that still the built by gamers no they're on a team called furious steel i believe oh. um they were playing with fame who i'm pretty sure is a college cod player and he was disgusting this weekend uh and somebody else that i'm blanking on right now but somebody that i know um can't think of who it is, but they're playing with somebody else. Like it was a pretty known team. Uh, this was actually not to get knocked out. Uh, this one was to get sent to losers because they got knocked out by, uh, like I believe, a team that was mostly players from Mexico. I thought it was. That could be completely wrong though. Don't quote me on that. I thought they were potentially from Mexico. It was like people that nobody had ever heard of. Uh, they were a low seed and they knocked Doug's team out. Um, but I was watching Doug in winners bracket against Goderex and Pander. Uh, super close series. Uh, it was fun to watch. Um, but the challenges land was like really, really, really fun. Like you go in there and like, I was just smiling ear to ear, like so happy walking around watching the matches with like two of my buddies who are also like been watching competitive COD since like BO2. And like, it was like, man, this is a, uh, this is like what call of duty is like, you're walking in there. You are hearing people scream. Uh, first thing I heard second, I walked in there is uh, some guy screaming. Why are you challenging me? You're awful. And I was like, Oh, let's go. This is, this is, this is call of duty. Uh, this is what it was back in the day. Everybody screaming at each other, just like talking so much trash. So like the challenges event was super cool. Um, but the results, Kyle, they were kind of shocking, huh? Uh, we yeah, saw. They, yeah, I mean, they definitely were. Obviously, the uh, the Tex- Texas Nation squad fails to qualify. So does the Rocker uh, Rocker Academy, the EU Spanish God squad. Yeah, the Heretic um, squad. Yeah, people so, remember him from that. Right. So my... I don't know, kind of, I didn't really get it. I didn't really watch uh, any challengers this, this weekend just because obviously CDL was on and mm-hmm. just had, you know, other stuff going on here, like outside of watching Call of Duty as well. So uh, kind of unfortunate that it, you know, had to go on at the exact same time. So it's like either you have two screens pulled up and you're trying to watch two matches or something or um, whatever. But uh, yeah, just my my thought was like, should this you know obviously we saw the uh the heretic squad and texas nation be you know all you know super dominant uh in the online elite series and stuff they've won like you know what is it like six or seven of the tournaments or whatever uh that have been put on seven in a row i believe yeah i'm I'm not sure on the exact number but uh and then you know they they don't perform to the standard you know, of qualifying, you know, they, they don't perform to the top four of what the, you know, to qualify for the pro-am land. So my, my question was like, should that have been the sole determinant, uh, factor for qualifying? Like, should you have taken into account like Mm -hmm. the previous performances to some degree, obviously like you, you have to, you know, if there's a land, you kind of have to value that, um, as well. Um, and, you know, we saw that uh, it was just announced, I think, today or le- late last night that the Ultra uh, Major 3 LAN will also have a Challengers LAN as well. Yeah, so that's awesome. Love, love to see that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, 
kind of unfortunate for Texas Nation and uh, the Heretics Rocker Academy guys, huh? Yeah, I mean, I specifically feel bad for Texas Nation because they had won seven events in a row, which online or land, either way, it's very impressive, uh, whatever way you cut it. And it's not like they just like played terrible at this event. I mean, they were in winner's bracket playing for a top four spot from winners. So, like they weren't terrible, but I just feel so bad for um, General, Brezzy, Havoc, Kismet, because they were so dominant. Uh, and they're all players like we know General has kind of been a guy that's had unfortunate circumstances his whole career because like, you know, his organization Enigma six uh, put on by his parents, uh, I believe like his mom and his stepdad uh, were like the fun funders of the organization. Cause like he didn't get on a team. He ends up like dominating uh, for a little bit there, like an AW, they play really well. Like they're like the first team to go from open bracket to finishing like top four uh, at an event. And like his teams uh, always play really well, despite like nobody ever believing in them. Uh, Obviously, we've seen Kismet in the league. Brezzy uh, finished top four uh, at champs in BO4 with General uh, and Kismet on Enigma 6. And we've seen Havoc. Uh, I guess the guy that I'm most interested with that team is Havoc. Uh, I don't know if Havoc ever gets a spot in the league again um, after this performance. That might be an overreaction, but the guy was... Uh, I saw a picture. He was on the Florida... I completely forgot, but he was announced as a starter on Florida this year. Uh, the original announced roster was Dave Patty, Skies Awakening, and Havoc. Um, that was the original announced starting roster for this season. Uh, and then obviously Havoc, I don't know what exactly happens. Like they pick up vivid to replace him. Like I, uh, I think he kind of chose to like get dropped, not play with that team, you know, work his way back to the league through challengers. So he works his way back, gets that call from NYSL. And he says, no, thank you. Uh, I'll take my chances with my team. He bets on himself and the bet kind of fails, uh, cause they finished top six and they don't get to go show what they can do at the, the pro-am land. So I don't know. Uh, especially with Havoc being an older player, we know the stigma uh, that is t- typically around older players. People usually want to pick up the 18, 19-year-olds because they're untapped, uh, and we haven't seen what their ceiling is, uh, as opposed to potentially, maybe we know what the older player's ceiling is. So I feel bad for them. Uh, but the four teams that did qualify were the M7 slash Electrify squad, which was Denza, Wardy, Wee Man, Maple. Uh, a couple names specifically we know in there, Wee Man and Maple have been around uh, for a very long time. I've played at uh, multiple champs uh, and have been good EU players for a while. Uh, Ultra Academy NA uh, was the winner of the event. Hixie, Vickle, Mohawk, and Scrappy. Then the Ultra Academy EU with Harry, Vortex, Beans, and Furious. Uh, they finished third. That Wee Man team finished second. And then the fourth place team, Silly, uh, out of nowhere. Fire 40 um, from Paris Legion last year. Rambi and Guncy. Guncy, uh, a legend in the college Call of Duty scene. So I love to see that uh, with the work I've done with them. Uh, so kind of crazy um that silly qualifies with like a pickup team and fire 40 is going to be back maybe piecing up some teams maybe he'll beat paris for his revenge arc uh also kind of wild like a lot of these players a majority of them are eu so eu challengers kind of showing out yeah i guess we'll have to see if any of them can hold a candle in the pro-am land i uh i think it's like you get three there's like four groups and you get one one uh yeah it'll be like a throwback something so uh it'll be interesting to see if any of them can uh you know maybe upend uh, one of our lower tier teams uh and certainly it'll, it'll be a, a big fire lighting under the the pants of uh a lot of the pro teams if they start if they go down like o2 or something to a uh <laughs> a, a quote-unquote amateur team or something so mm-hmm. um i'm you know i i think uh every time we talk about it i'm i'm shocked that Activision and the CDL actually are allowing this to happen, but it's great. Um, Fantastic. We should see more of it. 
yeah uh i mean for for us as spectators i think yeah give it give us all of it but uh still i mean you have teams that you know we always hear like oh 25 million dollar buy-in and you're letting you know unpaid amateurs and stuff come in and play like you know whatever um but yeah uh, i'm looking forward to watching that during this uh this mid-season break yeah it's potentially gonna be my favorite one to watch because like you said i don't know if they technically announced the format yet but it might be like four pools of four uh, with one amateur team going in each pool and then like you then from the pools kind of feed out into a winner's bracket uh so like if it's like that it's like the old school events it's gonna be amazing i uh, hope it's like that hope it's all double elim uh not like a some single elim bs because i want it to be fully like a like a um old school event where like your top so many teams go into winner's bracket and then your bottom few teams go into a loser's bracket uh with pool play and like oh man uh i could talk about it forever but i really hope that that's what it is uh something else i thought that was interesting was the you know the classic eu versus na debate was going on on twitter and i had a couple thoughts on it uh obviously the eu guys are gonna be passionate uh they're gonna be um super hyped that a lot of the eu players make it uh because why not they've been talking their trash that eu challengers is better than na forever and you know it was proved this weekend i guess um, at this event, at least, that the EU Challengers players uh, were superior because a lot more of them qualified than NA players. Uh, the one thing I'll say about it uh, is I also think it's... Uh, obviously, people are passionate. Uh, I'm not super invested into either scene in Challengers, so I feel like I'm more of a neutral party. Um, obviously, from NA, so maybe there's a little bias there. But I, I will say that um, there are, what, 48 players in the league and probably like 40 of them uh around 40 maybe a little less because i guess there's like a full eu team in um london and in toronto so that's already eight and then you've got guys like pred uh i feel like there's at least one more other non na player that i just can't think of off the top of my head but there's at least nine with pred um you know around the league so like i feel like there's also a much bigger pool of top talent that's left in challengers in the eu because there's what nine or ten uh, EU players in the league and almost 40 uh, NA players. So I feel like, you know, a lot of the top NA players are already in the league. Uh, and like, you've got like player 10 who's sitting over in Europe still playing challengers, uh, like the top level players. So I feel like that might make a difference uh, because, you know, you've got 40 players roughly from NA in the actual league and maybe only like 10 ish uh, from EU. So I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying, but like, there's so many more players already in the pro league that aren't playing challengers. So maybe that's a reason that uh, EU also seems to dominate is because they have so much uh, more talent to pick from because there's so many more players in that league, but uh, kind of a interesting situation uh, with the EU players, but shout out to them because they talk their trash. Like they're the better uh, challenger seat. And you know what? I don't think anybody can argue with them after uh, they go ahead and prove it here. And most uh, majority of the players that qualify are EU. Yeah, I mean, especially for the, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, a lot of people were aiming for this uh, Challenger's Land thing, but, you know, we just saw that um, Major 3, obviously, like I said, is going to have another land, so I, I think it gives a lot of teams uh, more to look forward to than just playing, you know, online elites and stuff. Uh, you know, they can get back to, if if they're able to get to Toronto and play, they'll have another chance to, you know, show show out and uh hopefully some of these teams can have some redemption get doug back there uh you know get texas nation and the the rocker academy guys back for some uh vengeance i guess but uh eu looking strong yeah 
and you love to see it because uh, I think the league's only going to get better as we continue to get more EU players uh, because they get a lot of fans behind them. Like the London and Toronto boys have so many fans behind them, uh, and it makes for a good rivalry uh, instead of everybody just liking Optic or liking the NA teams. Uh, and the EU teams have proven, obviously, like, you know, back in the day, way back, uh, like BO2 and stuff, the EU teams just like couldn't hang when they played NA, like even NW3 days. It was kind of kind of like a meme that NA was so much better. And uh, EU certainly caught up, obviously, at this point, like we saw Toronto be clear cut second best team uh, in the league last year with the full EU roster. London has looked very good this year. So uh, I'm all for uh, even as an NA person, I'm all for uh, EU continuing to get better and better uh, because you know what? kind of creates a fun little rivalry of people wanting to support their EU brothers versus people that want to support their NA boys. Uh, so shout out to all those players that qualified. Super excited to see that land. Um, I don't know. We talked about should it be the sole deciding factor to qualify. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of a maybe a discussion for another day, but uh, next qualifying matches aren't until May 13th, uh, I believe, for Major 3. So we've got a little bit of a break here with like the All-Star Weekend and the, the Pro-Am. Uh, but we went pretty long, so I don't know. We can maybe skip uh, down bad sports over the week and kind of wrap things up here if you're ready. Yeah, I don't have much to be down bad about. We have uh, MLB is starting this week. Uh, U.S. qualified for the World Cup. Yeah, so we've we've got you know a lot to look forward to, and it's also the Masters week, so hard yeah. to be upset. Yeah, uh, and we got the College National Championship tonight um, for basketball. So that'll be fun as well. Um, but that's going to do it for this one. Uh, coming up here, we've obviously got a little bit of a interesting time here in the CDL season because, like we said, we got about a month break uh, until the next qualifying match for the major kickup. So going to maybe be a little bit different style of content uh, for the podcast than we're typically used to. Uh, but as, as the Challengers Pro-Am you know, gets a little closer... We'll be obviously doing analysis for that, predictions for that, reacting to those matches, because that's basically just like another major. Um, we'll also be doing a little bit of an interesting idea. I think maybe next week, uh, next week's podcast, since we won't have any matches uh, to talk about or to predict, uh, would potentially be an episode that we've been talking about. We might do a mid-season uh, ranking of all the players in a tier list uh, where they're currently at. So maybe be on the lookout for that potentially next week, uh, unless something crazy shakes out and we uh, have to talk about something else. But that's going to do it for this one. We really appreciate you guys watching. Uh, the support in the last video was uh, insane. The last podcast, I believe it was the most viewed podcast uh, in the channel's history. So shout out to you guys for that crazy support. Um, you can check us out on any audio platforms uh, through Anchor. It'll be on Spotify uh, or any platform you listen to audio podcasts on. Uh, if you enjoy this one on YouTube, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, we're chasing that 500 subscriber goal now. Uh, seems like we just hit 400, but you guys have been uh, showing crazy support. So we really appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed watching the major. And we will see you guys again next week for uh, potential midseason player power rankings, uh, unless some uh, crazy news comes out that we got to talk about. Uh, so that's going to do it for this one. We appreciate you guys watching, and we will see you in the next one.